Euzubillahimineşşeytanirracim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecma'in Allahümme allimna ma yenfa'una ve anfa'ana bima allamtena ve zidna ilmen nafi'ah Allahümme erinel hakka hakkan ve erzukna ittiba'ah وَأَرِنَلْ بَاطِلَ بَاطِلًا وَأَرْزُقْنَا اِجْتِنَابَهِ Rabbi işrah li sadri ve yassir li emri vahlul uqdeten min lisani yafqahu qavli Esselamu aleykum ve rahmetullahi ve berekatuh Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bedi-üzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you get your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. Inshallah, if you have a podcast app, subscribe to the series so that you can receive uh, each episode when they come out on a weekly basis, more or less, inshallah. In this episode, we will continue reading the 19th word, and a rough translation of the text we will be reflecting upon will be posted at, at this website too. You can go to podcasts, then words, then the 19th word, and scroll down to the um, sixth episode. The 19th word is about the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, his messengership, and we have been reading the uh, small sections of this treatise for five weeks now five episodes now. Ustad Nursi calls them droplets, reşha, in Turkish. The text is based on an earlier treatise that he had written in Arabic and as an explanation, as a commentary, we read the, uh, the translation, the Turkish and the translation of the text from the droplets and then we read a translation of the earlier Arabic uh, version too. Alhamdulillah, we have been doing that and we will continue with the uh, the 11th droplet today. However, the 11th droplet starts with a reference to what was at the end of the 10th uh, droplet. Therefore, I'm going to read, inshallah, a couple of paragraphs from the end of the 10th droplet and then we will continue to the 11th. So, Bismillah. Ustad Nursi says in reference to the Prophet وسلم, he is talking truly about such an amazing realm and informing about such a revolution that if thousands of globes like the earth were to become bombs and explode, that would not be as amazing. What the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, is talking about, informing us about is so amazing that if a thousand globes of the earth were to become bombs and explode, that would not be a match to what he is informing us about. So we should pay attention. Look, here on his tongue, the chapters of the Quran, such as, Astaghfirullah, billah, إِذَا الشَّمْسُ كُوِّرَتْ إِذَا السَّمَاءُ فَطَرَتْ إِذَا زُلْزِلَتِ الْأَرْضُ زِلْزَالَهَا الْقَارِئَةِ When the sun is shrouded in darkness, when the sky is torn apart, when the earth is shaken violently in its last quaking and the crashing blow, 
these are verses from the Quran also he is accurately informing about such a future that compared to it this worldly future is in effect the mirage of a drop and also he is informing with such seriousness about such felicity that compared to it paradise and ru'yatullah vision of god compared to it all worldly happiness is but like a bolt of fast extinguishing lightning compared to a perpetual sun so this is the end of the 10th droplet we will continue with the 11th droplet now inshallah bismillah 11th droplet böyle acib ve muamma alud şu kainatın perde-i zahiriyesi altında elbette ve elbette böyle acayip bizi bekliyor böyle acayip bir haber verecek böyle harika ve fevkalade muciz numa bir zat lazımdır of course and surely such amazing things are await awaiting us beneath the apparent veil of this cosmos this cosmos the world we see with the soil rocks oceans lakes the atmosphere with its clouds and the beautiful firmament at night the stars the moon the sun trees birds animals our bodies ourselves all of it this is the world that we live in and it is real it exists it has a reality but that reality is actually a veil to a much higher much more tremendous much more amazing reality it has two functions as a veil one it conceals if you focus on the on the veil itself on the curtain itself on the screen itself if you think of this fabric as a loosely woven fabric if you focus on the warp and weft you see the warp and weft you see the fabric you see the veil if you focus on the holes between the warp and weft then you see what is behind it and what is behind it is so amazing so wondrous so brilliant that if you were to look without the veil you would be dazzled you would not be able to see so the veil serves two functions it one one is to actually veil you from the higher reality and the other is to enable you to see through it and the difference is in your intention and focus if you look one way you see the warp and weft if you look the other way if you focus the other way you see you see through the veil and you access the higher reality of course and surely therefore Ustad Nusi says such amazing things are awaiting us beneath the apparent veil of this cosmos which is so amazing and full enigmas that such a wondrous and extraordinary person with miracles in his hands is needed to inform us about those amazing things now if you were we were to look through the warp and weft focusing on the holes in between and see what is beyond it 
it will be so great so intricate so complex so tremendous so out of scale by this by the standards of our scales that we would see it but we would not be able to make sense of it interpret it comprehend it we would see little parts here and there we would be like divers who are divers who are uh, diving in the ocean say at night into a dark ocean and using their hands and touch to find a treasure and once they found the treasure they would each touch a a, a, a jewel a gem in there and pick whatever they found and swim back up to the surface and pull out what they picked from the chest the treasure chest and one would pull out a let's say emerald and say this is the treasure that is under the ocean another will would pull out a diamond and say this is the treasure that's under the ocean now which one is the treasure that's under the ocean all of them not one of them all of them the famous example that's usually mentioned about this it's in Rumi is the blind man who each touch an elephant to understand what an elephant is one touches the tail and says the elephant is a rope one touches the uh, the ears and says the elephant is like a sheet one touches the torso and says the elephant is like wall and one touches the legs and says the elephant is a column which one is accurate all of them this is everything put together but we from our limited point of view even if we were to focus on the holes between the warp and weft and even if we trained our sight to see through it what we would see through one hole would be very limited so limited that we would not be able to we would still not be able to grasp the universal hole but the Prophet is given universal sight and is trained, taught, instructed by the one who created all and has universal sight. And by, uh, with regard to the Prophet perhaps we may still not say universal because even in Mi'raj there is two bows this distance between him and God and of course we do not know exactly what that means uh, that's not important for us what it means is that he he came closest to God in the creation but even then there was some distance but among all in the creation he has the most universal sight and he is directed guided by the one who has absolute sight nothing is beyond his sight nothing is beyond his knowledge nothing is beyond God's knowledge therefore the message that he brings to us from God is the message of the one who knows all who sees all who hears all nothing is beyond his knowledge sight hearing and so on and so forth therefore we need this guidance to be able to understand appreciate what is behind the veil and also the veil is like a screen you can think of this as a like a uh, projector projecting images on the screen 
The screen itself is so amazing, so full of enigmas, that whatever is projected onto it takes the shape of the screen. So it's not like a just a flat white screen, but it has shapes, creases, colors, and everything that's projected onto it is transformed as a result of the changes on the screen. So we still need someone to interpret what's going on for us. So reality is within our sight, but our sight is limited. And therefore, what we see is in need of interpretation for us to understand reality as reality is. There has to be a person. And that wondrous and extraordinary person is the one with miracles in his hands. Who else can it be? He is the one who has the endorsement of the creator of the universe in the miracles that he has in his hands. He is the one who is informing us about those amazing things. Hem bu zatın gidişatından görünüyor ki o görmüş ve görüyor ve gördüğünü söylüyor. Moreover, it is understood from this person's conduct that he has seen he is seeing now and he says what he sees. He's not just talking you know, out of his mind, just you know, just he's not just articulating his whims or imaginations. He is not narrating fiction. He is saying what he sees. Everything that comes out of his mouth is true and true truth it is understood from what this is understood from what this is understood from his uh, comportment his conduct the way he carries things out and we you know talked about this before right he's so serious he's so adamant he's so fearless he has no hesitation he is he has such a character and he is carrying himself in such a way that when you see him you know that he doesn't lie and he, he, he does not have any need for lying. He is sure. He is confident. He doesn't waver. He is talking about such significant, important, consequential things to such people who if they could um, they could refute what he is saying would win the day and therefore you, know, you would expect him to have some hesitation if he were not sure about what he is saying he was not so confident about his position but no he does not waver and we can know this from ourselves we all have values we all have convictions but can we express our convictions and um, preserve our values under all circumstances before all people? Don't we always, to some extent, waver? We should try not to, but we are human. Is there anyone out there who can live in this world without uh, touching any haram. Ustad Nursi, 
would not carry um, banknotes and coins on himself because um, during the early Republican period because they printed on those banknotes and coins uh, the, the face of uh, Mustafa Kemal and then later Ismet Inönü, the first two presidents of the country. First, because some people carried this to a level of venerating these two people, especially Mustafa Kemal, venerating and even worshipping them. And two, because uh, human image is so controversial and, according to most scholars, forbidden, he would not carry banknotes and coins on himself. He had some money that was left from the Ottoman period. He would mostly use that. Who out there can be so sensitive? He did not want that money, even though money is what we use to procure our needs in this world. Who is there out there who can be so sensitive, so careful? right? But when you look at the Prophet wasallam, he does not take one step back. Before so adamant enemies, at times from a worldly perspective, when those enemies were so strong, he does not take one step back. Now he's compassionate, he is peaceful, he is gentle, etc. etc. But when it comes to compromising his values, compromising his message, he does not take one step back. It is understood from this person's conduct that he has seen, he is seeing now, and he says what he sees. And because what he sees is divine power, and there is no power that could be a match to it, he has no reason to fear, to hesitate. So from the absence of any hesitation in his conduct, you can tell that he is seeing, he is 100% sure about what he's talking about and what he is seeing is right? there is no power to affect anything or to protect from anything but by God. Hem bizi nimetleriyle perverde eden şu semavat ve arzın ilahı bizden ne istiyor? Marziyatı nedir? Pek sağlam olarak bize ders veriyor. Also, he is teaching us most soundly what the God of these heavens and the earth who nurtures us with his blessings wants from us. He is teaching us what pleases him. Can there be anything more important than that for us in this world? Any more important knowledge? The knowledge of extracting oil from the earth, the knowledge of um, harvesting the energy of the atom, the knowledge of cultivating um, plants and harvesting nutritious food from them, the knowledge of preserving health, the knowledge of uh, maintaining families and society and organizing society etc etc think whatever you can think can there be any more any information any knowledge that is more important than 
what pleases what pleases the God of these heavens and the earth who nurtures us with his blessings right can there be any information that's more important than knowing what he wants from us because it's obvious we won't stay here we don't stay here <clears throat> and as we covered in the tenth word it is also obvious that this is not the be all and all death is not end death is not uh, the the you know the end of everything there is life after death we will move on to somewhere else it is obvious from the way things are here that this is but a demo the real thing is somewhere else and we will all go there now the one who owns this world owns the other world too and our fate in the other world will be depend will depend on whether we can please the owner of both worlds He is in charge here. He is in charge there. All those, what we call laws, the patterns of action that we observe in the universe that give us some assurance, some certainty, some predictability rather, about what is to come next. That, you know, there is this thing called gravity and I drop the apple and it falls. What are they but God's will? God's will being executed continually if I can please him if I can know what he wants from me and I can do that that is the best thing for me in this in this world but, but how do I know that how do I know what pleases him what he wants from me even if I were to sharpen my my uh, inner sight so much so that I started to see, I started to have access to a higher reality. A reality beyond the normal, physical, um, material world that we live in. I mean, there are non-Muslims who are able to do that. Yogis, Buddhists, Christian monks. By disciplining the lower soul by sharpening the senses of the inner inner uh, human faculties the heart the spirit etc many people can have access to uh, metaphysical realities or realities that might still be physical but beyond the normal regular ordinary world that we live in but even then who could know what pleases the owner of all these worlds the owner of the realm who could know what he wants from us unless he told us and alhamdulillah praise be to God he tells us how does he tell us he is teaching us most soundly the Prophet is conveying that message through revelation God teaches him and he is teaching us most soundly what the God of these heavens and the earth who nurtures us with his blessings wants from us he is teaching us what pleases him what pleases God hem bunlar gibi daha pek çok meraka ver 
lüzumlu hakaykı ders veren bu zata karşı her şeyi bırakıp ona koşmak, onu dinlemek lazım gelirken, ekser insanlara ne olmuş ki sağır olup kör olmuşlar? Belki divane olmuşlar ki bu hakkı görmüyorlar, bu hakikati işit, işitmiyorlar, anlamıyorlar. Then, while one must leave everything, run to and listen to this person who who he is teaching about, who is teaching about many other curious and necessary realities like these, like what we mentioned above, what pleases God, what is behind the veil. The amazing things that are to come, etc., etc. Right? He is teaching about these and many other realities like these. And intellect would say, instinct would say, conscience would say, right? One must leave everything behind and run to and listen to this person who is teaching about many other curious and necessary realities like these. While this is the case, what has happened to most people that they have become deaf and blind? Nay, they have become lunatics and thus they do not see reality. They do not hear this truth. They do not understand. They do not understand what's going on. If they did, they would not be able to remain, remain indifferent to him. They would not be able to turn their back to him. They would not be able to not heed what he is saying. But they have become deaf and blind. They have laboratories and telescopes and spaceships, whatnot. They have industry. They have science. They have they have knowledge of the how things relate to one another in this world. They know a lot. Go to any library, millions of millions of books in any you know, major library in, in the major universities of the world, for instance. Millions and millions of books. Double, triple, quadruple, whatever that in on the internet. Humanity has accumulated so much knowledge, so much knowledge. But nay, they don't see what truly matters. What is the use of all that knowledge about how things relate to, to one another in this world? How carbon relates to nitrogen and nitrogen relates to hydrogen and hydrogen relates to what, whatever. How water relates to iron and iron relates to water. What is the use of all that knowledge if all, all of that will come to an abrupt end? Just be destroyed. It all came from nothing, will go to nothing. I mean, there is no absolute nothing. So they will go back to God's knowledge and then God will recreate create with a new creation. But that will be a new creation, that there will be a new order there. The order that is here will be of no use. While they spend so much energy, so much time, so much effort in identifying, classifying, exploring, discovering the knowledge of this world, 
have they become deaf and blind to what really matters have they become lunatics that they do not see the reality that he is exposing that they do not hear this truth they do not understand that's so unfortunate I mean we, we should tell this to our lower souls too we think we understand but if we really truly understood that would be a different situation we would not be like this we would be we would be listening to him and we would be doing what it takes to please our Lord but we are always in this struggle we are always in this in, in, in between two poles on the one side Satan and the lower soul and on the other side the Prophet وسلم, the Quran the angels our intellect and conscience God's righteous slaves who are ex who are um, advising us but we waver go back and forth back and forth back and forth sometimes we are deaf and blind sometimes we are lunatics can you imagine that we sometimes we sometimes don't get up to pray Fajr in the morning because we are tired or early or whatever can you imagine that we sometimes um, lose our sensitivity about let's say usury interest can you imagine that we sometimes lie can you imagine that we sometimes oppress people who are weaker than us we do all of that but how could we do all of that if we had full awareness of this reality we become lunatics from time to time we all do may God may God protect us from from that so now we will read the section from uh, Ustad Nursi's earlier treatise on this matter uh, we will just read the English and I think we already read this in the uh, previous episode it came at the end of a section in there but should help some uh, should, you know, should provide some further assistance to understand what we just went uh, over yes we witness in his acts in the acts of the Prophet وسلم, and deportment that he witnesses first and then bears witness and warns or gives glad tidings and in this way he is informing about what pleases the Lord of the realms what he demands from us what God demands from us and so on about tremendous matters that cannot be avoided is there anybody out there who can avoid the rising when the when the earth just explodes like a bomb all physical matter is brought to nothing is there anybody out there who can avoid that these are matters that cannot be avoided he is informing us about amazing realities from which there is no escape and without which there is no felicity amazing realities from which there is no escape and without which there is no no felicity there is no true felicity because true felicity for the human being entails requires uh, lastingness and there's no lasting without the everlasting oh what regret what regret is upon the heedless ones 
Oh, what a loss is for the misguided. Oh, wonder at the foolishness of the majority of the people. How can they be so blind to truth and deaf to this reality? They are not paying attention to the like of this amazing person. While it behooves one to sacrifice one's spirit and hasten to the like of him, leaving the world and all that is in it behind. All right, the twelfth droplet. İşte şu zat, şu mevcudat halikinin vahdaniyetinin hakkaniyeti derecesinde hak bir burhanı natık, bir delili sadık olduğu gibi, haşrin ve saadet ebediyenin dahi bir burhanı katı, bir delili sadıdır. Belki nasıl ki o zat hidayetiyle saadet ebediyenin sebebi husulü ve vesile-i vusulüdür, öyle de duasıyla Niyazıyla o saadetin sebebi vücudu ve vesileyi icadıdır. Haşir meselesinde geçen şu sırrı makam münasebetiyle tekrar ederiz. Here, as this person is a true articulate, articulate demonstration and voracious indication of the entitative oneness of the creator of these existent beings. A true articulate demonstration. Demonstration is... A, a a kind of proof that has perfect logic. It's, it's logically true. Its premises uh, or its conclusion follows from its premises. If you articulated those premises, the conclusion would necessarily be uh, true. If the premises are true, let's say the con- the conclusion would necessarily be true. And on top of this, the premises correspond to reality. So it's not just a hypothetical, logical reasoning inference. But it is an inference, it is a reasoning that corresponds to reality out there too. So the Prophet ﷺ is an articulate demonstration in the sense that he is articulate, he is speaking. He is giving us messages. He is making truth claims. What he says makes sense. It's logically valid. And it also corresponds to reality. When we investigate reality, we cannot find anything that is not accurate in what he says. We may misunderstand from time to time. We may misunderstand what he says and therefore we may uh, misconstrue in our minds that what he says may not be corresponding to reality but that's experience shows that that's only a misunderstanding when we truly understand what he says there is never an a, a possibility for what he says to not correspond to reality we may be deficient in our grasp of reality and therefore we may be erring in in evaluating what he says but over time that comes comes into uh, focus and we understand the reality of those matters too over time so there is nothing that he says that does not make sense and that does not correspond to reality and therefore his message makes perfect sense his overall message of monotheism makes perfect sense and corresponds to reality too this person is 
as this person is a true articulate demonstration and voracious indication of the entitative oneness of the creator of these existent beings to the degree of the truthfulness of that entitative oneness there's no truth that is more certain than the existence and oneness of god this is not obtained through um what they will they would call in inductive inference by looking around and observing this here and this there and this here and this there and then putting them together to make an argument no this is this is deductive this is logical this is rational pure reason says that he exists and he is one and therefore no truth can be more can have more truthfulness no truth claim can have more truthfulness than his entitative oneness and the prophet وسلم, is a true articulate demonstration and voracious indication of the entitative oneness of the creator of these existent beings to the degree of the truthfulness of that entitative oneness and as he is that he is also a definitive demonstration and radiant bright brilliant indication of the resurrection and eternal felicity the resurrection that when we die that's not the end of it we will be resurrected with body and soul we will be put back together and then we will all gather in front of god but here primarily what it means is that we will there will be another life another permanent life and there will be reward and punishment in that life the reward will be eternal felicity eternal felicity he is also a definitive demonstration and radiant indication of the resurrection and eternal felicity in fact as that person is a cause for attaining that felicity and the means to reach it through his guidance so he told us that there is eternal felicity how do we attain it how do we reach it through his guidance because it is what pleases god that will take us there that felicity is attained by pleasing god if god is pleased with us content with us then it is in his power and he is merciful it is in his power that he puts us in paradise and gives us eternal felicity so his guidance is is key to this there is no attainment of that felicity that falls uh, that contradicts rather let's say that contradicts his his guidance there may be cases you know people who have not heard about him who have not heard uh, his message uh, who lived before him who lived in between prophets uh, who were not exposed to the uh, the manifestations of his divine light throughout throughout human history in the guidance of other prophets etc etc so there may be people who as long as they according to one view uh, they as long as they believe that there is there is one creator and according to another view even that is um, disputable they may attain they may go to uh, paradise but not if they contradict him not if they know him, of him know about him or 
not if they have received the message that was conveyed uh, by other prophets no then then they cannot attain that felicity because this is the key as that person is a cause for attaining that felicity and the means to reach it through his guidance so is he the cause of the existence of that felicity and a means for it to be brought into existence through his supplication and beseechment why because he is raising his hands and asking his lord for eternal felicity and he is the beloved of god god gives what his creatures need and want even if those creatures are lowly or in some cases even if they are disobedient to him such a merciful lord such a merciful god will he not give what this beloved sallallahu alaihi wasallam wants most is beseeching for is supplicating for asking for most of course he will give it if there was if there were no other reason for the existence of eternal felicity for the existence of paradise his supplication the supplication of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam sayyiduna muhammad that would be sufficient for the creation of paradise for bringing paradise for bringing eternal felicity into existence due to its relevance to the present discussion we will repeat this secret that had already come up in the treatise on resurrection now the treatise on resurrection is the 10th word and we have covered it it's a quite lengthy treatise and we covered it over a very long period of time uh, it is as the name implies the 10th word the 10th treatise in the book the words Sözler, available available in english in arabic in many languages so um those who have not already read it should go and read it or perhaps listen to the episodes of this podcast uh, but since the discussion is relevant here Ustad Nusi is going to repeat some uh, repeat concisely repeat in summary some important uh, matters that he had discussed there işte bak o zat öyle bir salatu kübrada dua ediyor ki Güya şu cezire belki arz onun azametli namazıyla namaz kılar niyaz eder. Here look. That person is supplicating in such a great prayer that it is as though this peninsula, the Arabian peninsula. In fact, the earth prays with his tremendous prayer and beseeches. It is as though the Arabian peninsula and we should remember that in this treatise from the very beginning we imagined that we traveled through time and space and visited the prophet وسلم, at the helm of his duty in his masjid in in in medina and we were watching him on uh, on perhaps on his pulpit uh, giving us this eternal sermon so he is supplicating in such a great prayer that it is as though this peninsula in fact the earth prays with his tremendous prayer and and beseeches and the the reality of the sentence has to uh, be sought in the lengthier tenth uh, word there we 
looked at the cosmos, looked at the world, looked at this material reality that we live in, and we found so many indications that point to the fact that there will be resurrection and there will be a hereafter and there will be reward and punishment there. And this person, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is supplicating in his prayer, in salat, right? He is standing before his Lord and, and supplicating in such a way that therefore the cosmos confirms him and, and affirms, confirms him and in its confer, confirmation it is joining in his prayer, saying Amin to what he says what he asks from his lord bak hem öyle bir cemaati uzmada niyaz ediyor ki güya beni ademin zamanı ademden asrımıza kıyamete kadar bütün nurani kamil insanlar ona ittiba ile iktida edip duasına amin diyorlar look he is beseeching within such a tremendous congregation that it is as though all luminous and perfect people among the sons of adam from the time of adam until the rising Follow him in this and repeat his supplication, saying Amin. Who is that congregation? All the prophets before him, all the saints of God after him, all righteous people, all companions, all mujtahideen, all muhakkakin, all gnostics, all realizers of reality, all people who have become experts on these lofty matters they're all right following him in this matter what's the matter that there is resurrection that there is reward and punishment that it is eternal over there that there is eternal felicity he is standing in the middle of that tremendous congregation and this tremendous or actually in at, in front of that tremendous congregation and that tremendous congregation is Everybody in it are standing behind him, raising their hands and saying Amin to what he says. He says, O God, O Lord, this world does not satisfy our hearts, our spirits. We are not created for this world. Give us what you created us for. Give us your vision. Give us the ability to to to um, benefit from your blessings in an eternal abode with full uh, with the full capacity of, of our faculties so that we can perceive and appreciate your manifestations the beauty majesty and perfection of your manifestations in their full bloom and appreciate it and show you gratitude for it. Say Subhanallah with that appreciation and understanding. Oh God, this is this is eternal felicity, by the way. Oh God, give that to us forever. Give that eternal felicity to us. He is raising his hands and he is saying this. Rabbana atina fid dunya hasanatan wa fil akhirati hasanatan wa qina azab an-nar. O oh God, give us the good of this world and the good of the hereafter and save us from hellfire. O oh God, give us your paradise. O oh God, give us your vision. 
he is saying this and all prophets before him all saints after him all the righteous all the best of the humanity are saying amen and we should also say amen amen ya Rab. we are endorsing him we are joining in his prayer amen ya Rab. hem bak öyle bir haceti amme içinde dua ediyor ki değil ehli arz belki ehli semavat Belki bütün mevcudat niyazına evet ya Rabbena ver biz dahi istiyoruz deyip iştirak ediyorlar. Also, look, he is supplicating for such a general need, such a universal need, that not only the inhabitants of the earth, but even the inhabitants of the heavens, in fact all existent beings are joining in his beseechment, saying yes, O our Lord, give it, we too want it. Nothing wants to just disappear and go into non-existence. The inanimate beings progress in this world into animate beings. They become parts of plants. Then from plants, they are elevated to the level of animals. And from plants and animals, they are elevated to the level of human beings. And among the human beings some are elevated to the level of the people of paradise and from among the inanimate beings from among the plants from among the the the animals what joins in with the human being beings and is apportioned to those who believe among them who are people of the paradise enter paradise as representatives of their species as representatives of their kinds so they too want. They all want the human being to fulfill his function in creation because their raison d'etre, their reason of being, the purpose of their creation reaches its ultimate level, completion, through the human being looking at them, benefiting from them, appreciating them, and showing gratitude for them to God. The star that shined in somewhere in the depths of space a million years ago, whose light traveled from wherever it was for a million years all the way to Earth. When the human being looks, sees that star and says, MashaAllah, SubhanAllah, that star fulfilled its function, reached its purpose, reached its completion. But if the human being said, yeah, just star, beautiful, shining, etc. But without acknowledging its creator, its purpose did not reach its completion. It wants its purpose to reach completion. Therefore, it wants the human being to fulfill his or her function in the creation. It wants the human being to attain a position, a, a state that is deserving of God's mercy to go to paradise. Hem öyle fakirane, öyle hazinane, öyle mahbubane, öyle müştakane, öyle tazarrukarane niyaz ediyor ki bütün kainatı ağlattırıyor, duasına iştirak ettiriyor. Also, he is beseeching so humbly, sorrowfully, belovedly, yearnfully and direly that he makes the entire cosmos cry 
and join in his supplication. The Quran was revealed with sorrow, and we should read it with sorrow. He was a prophet who cried a lot. What did he cry for? Did he cry for the world? No. He did not cry for the world. He cried seeing the predicament of human beings. That they are created for eternal felicity, but that they are turning their backs to it by their as a result of their heedlessness and ignorance and, and arrogance and other sicknesses of their hearts. He wanted to save them all. He wanted to save all human beings. And he knew that the, the way to salvation for all human beings and everything in the creation is but by God is only through his mercy only through the mercy of the Lord of the realms that anything all human beings including the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, will enter paradise so he is asking from God for this he is asking so humbly humbly sorrowfully belovedly he was the beloved of God yearnfully he knows best among all of us he knows what is there he knows the taste of paradise we don't we are just we we believe on what we do not see we believe in the ghaib and there is a there is a uh, wisdom and virtue in that too but he has seen it god took him throughout his entire creation showed him everything he knows what is waiting for us there in paradise and he also know what is waiting may god protect for the disbelievers in hell and with this knowledge he cannot but feel sorry for those who are destined for hell so he is asking with sorrow he is asking yearn yearnfully he is asking in that state of dire need he is beseeching direly and you know we all see this and we cannot but become emotional he makes the entire cosmos cry and join in his supplication bak hem öyle bir maksat öyle bir gaye için dua ediyor ki insanı ve alemi belki bütün mahlukatı esfeli safiliğinden sukuttan kıymetsizlikten faydasızlıktan Alay illiğine yani kıymete, bekaya, ulvi vazifeye çıkarıyor. Look, also, he is supplicating for such an objective and purpose that he is elevating, this is the purpose, he is elevating the human being and the realm, in fact all creatures from the lowest of the law, esfela saflin, lowest of the law, from the fall, fall from God's grace fall to where satan fell and from uselessness what what what use what benefit would would we have if it were not for our dua for our supplication to god if it were not for our appreciate appreciation of the manifestations of his 
divine names and attributes in the creation if it were not for our appreciation of him if it were not for our glorification of him if it were not for our for our exalta exaltation of him if it were not for our worship of him he says that he created us the human beings and the jinn only to worship him that is our purpose if we do not fulfill that we would become useless and we would also render other things that are created to manifest his names and attributes his beauty and perfection useless at least from one point of view the human point of view which is the the the last and most uh, significant fruit of creation which has the ultimate job of appreciation angels appreciate too but angels do not have the ability to not appreciate it is the human being who appreciates while he could have not appreciated but when the human being does not do that this important uh, use this important wisdom in the creation of all those things that are spread in front of the human being for him to taste perceive and appreciate are losing one aspect of their purpose and the completion of that purpose once again it depends on the human beings understanding of reality as reality is understanding of complete reality that is on and beyond on and behind the veil of this cosmos and who is the one who is teaching that to us the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam our master maybe maybe reach him and hold his hand on that day of judgment may we drink from the pool al-kawthar from his hands he is supplicating for such an objective and purpose that he is elevating the human being and the realm in fact all creatures from the lowest of the low from the fall and from uselessness to the highest of the high that is to preciousness lastingness and a lofty duty Bak, hem öyle yüksek bir fizarı istimdatkarane ve öyle tatlı bir niyazı istirhamkarane ile istiyor yalvarıyor ki güya bütün mevcudata ve semavata ve arşa eşittirip vecde getirip duasına amin Allahum amin dedirtiyor look also he is asking and begging in such an elevated state of calling for assistance in dire need and with with such sweet beseechment demanding mercy that as though he makes all existent beings the heavens and the throne here brings them to ecstasy and has them say for his supplication amin O our god amin they all say hearing his supplication amin O our god amin we should also say amin give what he wants ya allah bak hem öyle semi kerim bir kadirden öyle basir rahim bir alimden hacetini istiyor ki bil müşahede 
en hafi bir zihayatın, en hafi bir hacetini, bir niyazını görür, işitir, kabul eder, merhamet eder. Çünkü istediğini velevlisan haliyle olsun verir. Ve öyle bir sureti hakimane, basirane, rahimane de verir ki şüphe bırakmaz. Bu terbiye ve tedbir öyle bir semi ve basir ve öyle bir kerim ve rahime hastır. Şüphe bırakmaz ki bu terbiye ve tedbir öyle bir semi ve basir ve öyle bir kerim ve rahime hastır. Look, also, he is asking for what he needs from such an all-hearing and munificent all-powerful one, an all-seeing and mercy-giving all-knower, God, all-hearing, munificent, all-powerful, all-seeing, mercy-giving, all-knower. He is asking from this God, right? He is asking from such a God, such a Lord, that He, God, observably sees and hears the most hidden needs and beseechment of the most hidden possessor of life. Most hidden needs of the most hidden possessor of life. Say, um, say 6,000 feet beneath the surface of the ocean. Say somewhere on the highest mountain, most hidden possessor of life, say a bacteria, say a little microbe floating in air. God knows its need. Do you need proof? Well, you know, whenever we discover one of these living creatures, we find out that they are living in a in an environment that is perfectly suitable for them. In the depths of the ocean, there are these boiling um, water coming from even deeper, from the magma, etc., that brings in minerals and heat that those tiny creatures living at the depths of the ocean need floating in the air maybe they need sunlight maybe they need humidity moisture god gives them all so he is asking from such a lord that that lord observably sees and hears the most hidden needs and beseechment of the most hidden possessor of life accepts them and responds with mercy for he gives, even if, even if in the tongue of states, what that possessor of life wants. Right? They, that possessor of life, say, the, the tree turns its leaves up toward the sun, opens as if, they, as if raising its hands to beg, to ask, to supplicate. That is the tongue of its state. It is asking. It is begging. It is asking for sunlight. And God gives, even if in the tongue of states, what that possessor of life wants. And he gives in such a wise, seeing, and mercy-giving way that it's perfectly tailored to the needs of that person. Of course, the one who gives it knows the purpose of what he is giving, sees the needs, and has mercy for the creature that he is giving to. He gives in such a wise, seeing, and mercy-giving way that, without a doubt, this nurturing and administration belongs distinctively to that 
all hearer and all seer, that munificent one and that mercy giver. He, Muhammad, Prophet Muhammad, Sayyiduna Muhammad, the beloved of God, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, has found the source of all blessings. He is asking from the source of all blessings. He has found. MashaAllah. Let's read the section um, of this. Let's read the version of this section in Ustad Nursi's earlier discussion of the matter. And inshallah, we will finish with that. Know that as this person whose metaphysical personality we witness and whose lofty acts are known throughout the realm is an articulate and voracious demonstration and a true indication of entitative oneness to the degree of the truthfulness of monotheism, so is he a definitive demonstration and a radiant indication of eternal felicity. In fact, as he is, through his invitation and guidance, the cause for eternal felicity to be obtained and the means to reach it, so is he, through his supplication and worshipful slavehood, the cause for that felicity to come about and the means for it to be brought into existence. If you will, take a look at him while he is performing a great prayer, the tremendousness and scope of which makes this peninsula, rather the entire earth, join that great prayer. Then look, surely he is performing it with this tremendous congregation behind him, as if he is the Imam at the mihrab of the of his century and the most virtuous of the children of adam all together from the time of adam to this century and to the very end of the world have lined up behind him they have each lined up in the prayer in the prayer line of their centuries they are confirming him and saying amin they are joining in his supplication then listen to what he is doing in that prayer with that congregation behind him. Here, he is supplicating for such a pressing, tremendous, and all-inclusive need that the earth, the heavens in fact, no, the entire existence in fact, join in his supplication and say with the tongues of their states, Yes, O our Lord, accept his supplication. We also want what he wants. In fact, we want what he wants to come about with all manifestations of your names upon us. Then, look at his deportment as he beseeches in a state of dire need. He is beseeching with such a tremendous sense of deprivation, such pressing motivation, such deep sorrow shrouded in such sorrowful affection that he is inciting the entire cosmos with his crying and making it cry and join in his supplication too. Then, look what is the objective and purpose in beseeching in that state of dire need. What is his objective and purpose in beseeching in that state of dire need? Here, he is supplicating for an objective that if it did not come about, the human being, rather the entire realm and all creatures, would fall to the lowest of the low and be deprived of all value and meaning. And all existent beings advance to the stations of their perfections through what he wants. Then look how he is beseeching in dire need.
with such longing calls for help and pressing need for assistance he is asking for mercy in such a state of sorrowfully seeking love that even the throne and the heavens hear his plea he is inciting their passions as though the throne and the heavens were to say amen O god amen then look who is he asking from yes he is asking from the all-powerful the all-hearing and the munificent from the all-knowing the all-seeing and the merciful who hears the most hidden supplication of a most hidden animal for a most hidden need which we know by observing how he responds to that need by fulfilling it who sees the loveliest wish of a most lowly possessor of life for a most lowly purpose which we likewise know by observing how he makes its wish available to that possessor of life whence it is not expected and who shows munificence and mercy in such a wise fashion and well-ordered way that without a doubt this nurturing and administration is from an all-hearing knower and all-seeing wise one how amazing is this what is it that he wants how amazing this is what is it that he wants this person who having stood on earth and gathered behind himself all the prophets the most virtuous of the children of adam and having raised his hands toward the tremendous throne is making a supplication to which the humans and the jinn say amen who through his conduct is known to be the honor of humankind who is a peerless individual in all realm of being and time and the pride of this cosmos at all times and who is asking for intercession through all the sacred and divine names that are luminously manifest in the mirrors of the existent beings or rather it is those names that are supplicating for and that want the same as what he wants then listen here he wants eternity reunion paradise and contentment even if it were not for the existence of the countless causes such as the observable mercy solicitude wisdom and justice that necessitate the bestowal of eternal felicity and that depend on the existence of the hereafter to actually be mercy solicitude wisdom and justice and likewise if it were not for all the sacred names as necessitating causes of the hereafter even then the supplication of this luminous person would suffice for his lord to build paradise for him and the children of his kind in the way that every spring he builds for us gardens adorned with the miracles of his artifacts subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma 'allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim wa akhir da'wahum anil hamdulillahi rabbil alamin al fatiha